When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, I mean, damn. What an iconic and memorable moment we had on the latest episode of SmackDown, because if you can believe it, I can't totally believe it at all, Roman Reigns has new entrance music. I mean, flubbing hell. It does sound a little bit like me playing Casio keyboard, but you've got a choir chanting. It's got this hook in it that had me singing it all through the morning and kind of drove me nuts, but it is properly over the top and it is awesome. It also has a hell of a lot more emotion than the Shield theme. I don't even know what that means, but better than all of this is that it does sound like the music that we'll be playing in the hallway before you're about to go in the room where the end of game boss lives. It makes sense he debuted on tonight's show as well because we had a massive match as our tribal chief was taking on Daniel Bryan. And if Daniel Bryan lost, his existence would be terminated. That sounds like he's going to be killed, but hey, that's how I saw it. Anyway, forget about all of that. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling. My name is Simon Miller, and it's time to take the finger of power and give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down for the latest episode of Smackdown. had a really smart way to kick things off this week because obviously Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns was our super duper important match for the evening likely because WWE was worried about the NFL draft and wanted to keep ratings but after we had built that up who was the first superstar that we saw it was Bianca Belair you dare right she didn't really get to say much before she was interrupted by both the dirty dogs and the street profits and I really cannot fathom how Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford are still in the tag team title picture. I mean, they lose all the time, but I suppose they talk a good game. And just as they were saying words, <laughs> they got interrupted by Bailey. She was super pissed off because, of course, she's now in a feud with our new SmackDown Women's Champion. Although when she did get on the stick, she just started to go <laughs> and laugh for ages. So Bianca Belair punched her in the face. It also led to a big brawl with everybody trying to fight everybody else, which of course then transitioned into a six-person tag team match because WWE loves doing that, but it is going to get it up. It is always a little bit odd when WWE does intergender matches because the men aren't allowed to fight the women and the women aren't allowed to fight the men. So if a man tags in and there's a woman in the ring, that person just has to vanish into dust. Although we did play around with that a little bit here because at one point, Bianca Belair was going to give the KOD to Dolph Ziggler. 
until Bailey broke it up. Robert Roode used all of this to his advantage because he hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But Bianca Blair had the best breakup of that ever because she used her hair. And then because there was so much going on, Angelo Dawkins gave a spine buster to Bob. And then Montez Ford did this crazy frog splash. <laughs> That's right. The Street Profits got the victory because, of course, they have to have one more title match. But yes, it was very entertaining. I had a rollicking good old time. And also, repeating matches is not a SmackDown exclusive problem that stretches out to all of WWE. Somewhere throughout all of this too, we got some kind of an advert telling us the next week's SmackDown is gonna be a retro version. Why WWE doesn't promote things longer than seven days out, I will never know. But I'm well up for that. I am a sucker for nostalgia. And maybe, just maybe, we'll even bring back the fist. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I just sound disgusting. Daniel Bryan was then here hyping his match and he is going to beat Roman Reigns. He is going to become the Universal Champion. And do you know who's going to get the first shot when he does? It won't be the big dog. It's going to be Cesaro. Imagine we had done that too. I'd be so happy. We then cut to Seth Rollins who was dressed like a chessboard. And he even said that he agreed with Daniel Bryan. And he does believe that Bryan will be the champion later. So I was like, oh, that's very interesting. However, it won't be Cesaro getting the first shot. It will, of course, be Mr. Rollins. I thought this was really smart, though, because it did just make me go, well, that was an interesting thing to say. Maybe Daniel Bryan will win, even though that was baloney talk. Right, okay, the women's tag team title scene. I cannot believe that we are just going round the same circle for the 44,322nd time because it was Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler taking on Tamina and Natalia, even though we'd already done this at WrestleMania and Tamina, what's that? All right, there's no one Mina and Natty had lost. So we desperately need to inject some new life into this and I'm sorry we have to give it a doubt. Being Tamina and Naughty Natty even attacked the tag team champions before this contest, but here's the thing. It was pretty decent. So up. Tamina was going nuts at the start of this too because she is a mean person, even knocking into Shayna Baszler, where she even thought she could be getting involved. But then she instantly went for the splash from the top rope. And I was like, Tamina, come on, what are you doing? It is well too early for that. I was right. Nia Jax got her knees up, rolls reversed. Shayna then did get tagged in and she started working over Tamina's arm. But surely we are about to head for a breakup between Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Because when Baszler went for a tag... Nia weren't even there. I mean, come on. Natty then got the hot tag and she started smashing out German suplexes. But then almost instantly, she turned around to Tamina and tagged her back in. And that was really confusing. Tamina had literally just tagged out. Reginald was then interfering because of course he was. But that did lead to this cool spot where Natalia was going to put him in the sharpshooter when from the depths Shayna Baszler was back. And not only did she apply the Kira Fuda clutch, but when Natty tried to fight, she was like, okay, fine. And she chucked her over the announce table. Shayna then remembered what she was meant to be doing. So she went back after Tamina, who was now on the top rope, but that didn't work at all. Tamina was actually able to hit the big splash. And yeah, if you can believe it, got the one, two, three, meaning we are going to do this again, I suppose, at WrestleMania Backlash. Now, like I say, the end game to all of this does feel like we're going to break up Jackson Baszler, or Jab, and I really do think right now it's the best thing to do. It means you could muck around with the women's tag team division, but also you could put Shayna back in the singles women's title hunt, and we absolutely should do that, because it's only going to take a slight tweak with her character, and she will be back to being the most legit person in the entire company. We were going all in with our Universal title match too because we had more people predicting who was gonna win. Booker T was here and he told us Roman Reigns, 
probably because he was terrified about being killed. And then Shinsuke Nakamura not only picked Daniel Bryan, but then he looked right down the camera and said, also, can I have a match? That bit's not true. The Mysterios were next up to be interviewed, but they didn't really care about this because they are far more focused on becoming the first ever father-son tag team champions that there has ever been, at least within the WWE. And maybe that's not even true. I don't know. I didn't look it up. But we should do this. It's just a lovely story. And who doesn't like lovely? To finish this trifecta of skits too, we had another one from Alistair Black and his new character. And how flubbing good is this? My intrigue levels just go through the roof. He was back to reading from his book and we we're on to the second chapter that was entitled Reality. And we had more of those crazy animation things. And I once again don't really know what he was talking about. He was saying like human beings walk down a specific path and they don't go out of that path. But my father said we should ignore it. But I ignored my father. It was nothing like that. But you know, he kind of talks in riddles. But Alistair Black is so good at talking in riddles. And it just gets me so pumped up for what this is going to be. I hope we continue this for a while. And then he re-debuts and he just whoops somebody's ass. I mean, he just makes everything sound so fascinating. Like he could come up to you and go, do you want some ice cream? You go, oh, what's ice cream? Even though you were eating ice cream last week. And even though we do have a pay-per-view in a couple of weeks called WrestleMania Backlash, we kind of hit the fast forward button here because we had yet another WrestleMania rematch and it was Biggie taking on Apollo Crews for the Intercontinental title. Mega Moran grabbed Biggie beforehand and he said he was about to win his baby back. And we saw Apollo Crews talking to General Aziz and he was probably saying, what was that shit last week, you massive asshole? The whole point is to protect me, don't let it happen again. Tying into history repeating itself, however, this almost followed the exact same trend as all the other ones have. In the sense, these two work so well together. They have great chemistry. They kick the absolute crap out of one another. But it, when it comes to a clean finish, we're just not allowed it. Ever. So it comes back down to the law of diminishing returns. It just gets a little dull after a while. But in terms of their absolute war, well, you got to give it up. They wrestled to begin with, including slapping the ship out of each other, when Piggy whammed Apollo Crews in the face and gave him a splash on the apron. But as we know, life is about balance. Apollo Crews said, ha ha, I'm now going to give you a suplex on the floor. And it became wrestling tennis. Because Piggy suplexed Crews in the ring, so Apollo hit him with a moonsault. And then Piggy did another splash, so Apollo Crews kicked him in the face. Like, if you had had fans watching this, they literally would have been doing that because it was so back and forth. Biggie busted out Uranagi for a great near fall, and when he went from that crazy spear through the ropes, Apollo Crews was able to get out the way, and once again, he smacked Biggie into the apron. And why are these two guys so obsessed with it? Like, every single move happens there, and here we saw a DVD. Biggie had ensured to build up his meter, though, so was able to hit the big ending, and yes, just as he was about to win, General Aziz pulled him out of the ring, threw him into the ring post, which means it ended in a disqualification. Bring down the disqualification board though, that is 24 DQs since the start of 21, and this is why we're keeping tabs on it, because we have essentially done four months of the year, meaning that WWE is essentially doing six of these a month, only leaving two shows where they don't do a disqualification finish, and you can now do with that information whatever you will, but it's also getting it down. The bad guys then jump Big E, because of course that's what they would do when Kevin Owens was here trying to make the save, but he did a terrible job of that because soon he was being beaten up and Biggie kind of had to save him. There was even more here though because Sami Zayn then transported himself to the ring and he absolutely whammed Kevin Owens with a halluva kick. 
So at first I was like, oh my gosh, maybe we're gonna do tag team matches between Sami Zayn, Apollo Crews, taking on Big E and Kevin Owens. And then I think I was wrong there too because of what happened next. Because as soon as Zayn had picked up the Intercontinental Championship, Apollo Crews was like, what the hell are you doing? I will kill you. And even though Sami tried to be like, oh man, it's not a problem. He still got absolutely ruined by the Nigerian nail. And I don't know why I like this move so much. It's probably because it's quintessential pro wrestling, but it was good when it was a Simone Spike. It's good now. I'm glad that it's come back. New Day Miz, Cesaro and Baron Corbin then gave us their predictions for what's gonna happen in the main event. And given who is who, you can figure out what they said. When we got our first glimpse of Roman Reigns, and he didn't look happy, but he never does. Kayla Braxton also wanted a word, but she got Paul Heyman instead and flubbed me sideways. Paul Heyman is so good at hyping up a match. He basically took Daniel Bryan's yes chant and turned that into a promo that finished with him looking into the camera and saying, is Daniel Bryan going to win? No, and I couldn't have been more charged up. We were pushing this hard too, because we even had highlights of Daniel Bryan's career. And then we went into this main event and I think I was more intrigued than when I sat down to watch WrestleMania. And you doubly had all this, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, because Roman Reigns had new music. This was a terrific build. They wasted no time either, as the first thing Daniel Bryan did when the bell rung was just run at Roman Reigns and smack him right in the face, and then he was going for the yes lock, because of course we know, if you can apply that move onto Roman Reigns, he will tap out like a baby. Not sure if a baby has ever tapped out. This really was all Brian to begin with too, as if he knew, hey, if I don't pull out the big guns here, maybe I'm going to be banished from SmackDown. And unfortunately, he then got absolutely killed by a clothesline. Roman Reigns got on a chair, sat down, like, oh man, I love how good this feels. And then he was ready to go. After this though, it was just slow paced murder. And even when Brian tried to get back into it, he got absolutely killed by a back elbow. And then Dan went from a Hurricane Rana from the top rope and do you know what happened? Roman Reigns powered out of it and quite aptly gave him a powerbomb. I honestly could watch this match for the rest of my life. And when Roman Reigns went for his first Superman punch, as it turned out, Daniel Bryan had injured his arm in the early goings, so it now had a target on it. It was a bit like when you were playing Time Crisis and you were so crap, the game would just put a crosshair on the screen and go, shoot there, shoot there, so you start shooting there. The thing is though, you can't hurt Reigns. He always has something else deep down inside of him. So when Daniel Bryan went for a dive, he caught the yes man and gave him a belly belly suplex. He then went for the spear, but WWE did their classic, oh, he dodged and you're gonna go crashing into the barricade. And somehow that never gets old. And when we were back in the ring, Roman went for another spare, but this time Daniel Bryan reversed it. The most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And I thought he was going to get it. This is why Daniel Bryan is one of the best wrestlers ever. Even when you have a matchup and you're like, he's never going to win. At some point, somehow you go, oh my gosh, he's gonna win. And even better tease followed after that because Daniel Bryan did hit the run knee and Roman Reigns got his foot on the rope at like 2.99999 and that was it. I was just losing it. I was going, get this fool, Daniel Bryan, get this fool. And Bryan must have heard me because then he then took his foot and did his whole, I'm not going to stomp you in the face. You can't fake that. They then traded yes locks and spears and it was now Roman Reigns that was getting near falls. And honestly, just go and take yourself. It's only around about 25 to 30 minutes long. Have a watch. You will be, obviously, Sports entertained. It ended with them fighting over their respective submissions. And because Roman Reigns was panicking in the sense he can't use his choking arm because it's been wrecked, he all of a sudden remembered, oh wait, I have a second one. And he was able to lock in the guillotine choke. And even though Daniel Bryan fought, and even though Daniel Bryan didn't want to die, eventually his body let him down. He passed out. 
The referee had no choice. He called for the bell. So not only did we get no nonsense, not only did we get a clean finish, but Roman Reigns is still on top of the mountain and poor Daniel Bryan is now banished to the Phantom Zone. No, wait, not the Phantom Zone, but he's got to leave SmackDown. Because he's flubbered insane, Roman then went and got a couple of chairs and he was going to give Daniel Bryan the concerto much like he'd done at WrestleMania. But thankfully, Daniel does have friends, so who came out to save him? Complete with his music that made me laugh, it was Cesaro. He went absolutely ballistic here, including giving Roman Reigns an uppercut so hard it almost knocked his teeth out. And then, of course, Jey Uso sensed this. He was like, oh, no, my cousin's in trouble. So he was out, and he started to beat up the Swiss Superman. In quite a poetic moment, though, if you're into supreme brutality, these two got Cesaro. They wrapped him up in the ropes. They took Daniel Bryan, and they did indeed give him a concerto as poor Cesaro had to watch on like, well, I've absolutely dropped the ball here, and now my buddy may be dead. Really though, the idea here was to add some personal beef into this feud. Well, we just took a joint and we stuck it in the oven. So there's no two ways about it. This ticked so many of my boxes. And again, was so shenanigan free. I felt so satisfied and interested when it was done. So it doesn't just get it up. Is getting a golden up. That's that though. It's it. Daniel Bryan is off Friday night. So what the hell is he going to do now? Is he going to go to Raw? Is he going to go to NXT? He did an interview recently where he said he thinks he may be able to work for WWE and other non-WWE promotions. So he may have lost his marbles. But I genuinely do not have the answer. And that makes for good television programming. So once more, SmackDown continues to be WWE's best show. At least that's what I think anyway. It's just so easy to watch and proves that two hours is the perfect time for a wrestling event. It's also why I'm going to take the finger of power and I'm going to give it up. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.